Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Amber. And I'm Jesse, And this is Glowing in Tech. Powered by Coding Black Females. So welcome to part two with Jessica Craig. Woo! right now jessica's going to do a tech topic in 10 for us where she tries to introduce a concept in 10 minutes or less what's your tech topic going to be okay so my topic is going to be the dora metrics um i love the dora metrics do you love the dora metrics i do i do i think they're fantastic do you like believe that they well, well, let's get into what it is. Okay, well, okay. Right. should I do the thing? Yeah, do the thing okay. and then we can just... All right, um, so um, I, um, when I started doing my job, I noticed that everyone kept talking about Dora. Dora. Dora metrics. Oh, yeah, this is so, yeah. Who is Dora? The Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> what has she got in her backpack that everyone is so excited about? Um, uh, and, and, yeah. They were. Um, uh, so I had to find that out. And um, a while ago, um, the one of the um, uh, people who started the original like, like state of DevOps reports, um, Nigel Kirsten, he's a field CTO over at Puppet and lives in London, Ooh. in sunny East London. So, um, and he did this excellent breakdown of like how the report came to be, what DevOps means. Like it's amazing it's so good but um he did this really great um recap because it's it's about like 10 years old now uh the sort of like movement of devops it's about like 10 years old now and essentially um what happened is um patrick dubois this um engineer over in belgium in ghent he created this he, he became so um fascinated by this other team that he was working with um and their speed and their agility and the way that they could just get so much done and he started to study that and that kind of led him to um to put on a conference and he called it devops and he was like really scared at first because or i think it was he said that he was quite nervous at first because agile was such a big thing and this was going to be like a non-agile event um and devops sort of came like caught on um and nigel and his his colleague Alana over at Puppet um, started uh, started a report, uh, like a research report, to kind of find out like what DevOps is. Um, and it like it was as a movement, it became like there wasn't like a manifesto published. It kept it was deliberately kept quite democratized because they wanted to kind of see what it how it was interpreted by people and how the kind of the the, the principles that originally came up in this conference like became like shared and like what was popular and you know keep it quite like people focused but that obviously like led to a lot of disparity a lots of people have like different definitions a devops engineer at one organization does a different thing from a devops engineer at another organization then there are a whole there's a whole group of people that don't think that there needs to even be devops engineers um but I think it was like in the 2013 report um, where like Jez Humble, Jean Kim and um, Dr. Nicole Forsgren joined like the report team um, to create these sort of uh, like the um, like, I think it's now called the Accelerate Report. It's like a two, they've kind of splintered off into two different sections. Um, and what they found is um, they formed the um, the DevOps Research and Assessment 
Forum, I think it's called, and that's the Dora. Like mm-hmm. that's what that stands for. Mm-hmm. Um, they created like this consulting arm, and they effectively like licensed, like created what they studied into a sort of like a framework, like a measurement framework to create organizational success. And that framework has four metrics: uh, deployment frequency, mean time uh, lead for changes. So like. Um, the time between something being live in your code base to being like actually on your production server. Uh, Mean time to recover, how fast you get up when you fall down and then change failure rate. Um, And those metrics became the barometer of like how we measure high performing organizations. So those are the Dora metrics. Um, and Nicole goes into them in her book, Accelerate, which people, I mean, it's amazing. It's a really, really good book. It's its one of these books that really kind of ties up the, um, it links up the sort of anecdotal people side of things mm-hmm. with success, like with like the actual kind of material results we get. My question would be, why are Dora metrics useful and what what's the point in measuring those things? Like, what does it tell you about an organisation? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it tells you a lot about the culture of the organisation. So um, it's so easy for, um, I think that's why a lot of DevOps talks end up about being people and culture. It's because a lot of the movement encapsulates what, like the material impact that our human, you know, sentiments feelings have on the way we work so if you have like low um like low test coverage really flaky tests um or you don't understand your code base uh you're not going to deploy as frequency frequently right Mm -hmm. right and then that's going to change the um level of efficiency you can get as an organization because it's going to take ages for features to kind of like come from um like inception to actual kind of like realization Mm -hmm. and that translates to obviously like dollar value because in the time that you're waiting to release a, a feature someone else has who who has like architected themselves to be really nimble and um they have like what like don't believe there's a 10x like 10x's exist but like but like they've got like 10x's on their team they can just like race to market ahead of you yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no 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 I think that's really cool though and because I so something that I really like about the Dora metrics is that they can be used to interpret ways that the developer experience can be improved what can be dangerous is when they're used to as like a stick of like you need to hit this level right to to be an efficient team I don't believe that that's how they should be used and I don't think that was the intention Mm. but it's more like um how is it possible, you know, once you've got those four things, you can see exactly what you said. Like it's taking ages to deploy from, from pre-prod to production, mm-hmm. or it's taking ages for the the point where we fall down to then bring everything back up again. And that's the way that you can start looking for ways to make the developer's life easier. Cause that's the ultimate goal, right? You right. want to make it easy yes. to build and to get that thing into production as soon as possible. Yeah. You want to lower the cognitive load. Yeah. This is why like, um, I think like talking about the team that created the metrics yeah. is like so important because um, they're still producing reports to this day. And one of the latest iterations of the report, um, uh, the puppet one that Nigel Kirsten yeah. launched um, like the end of last year um in that he talks about how um the people that talk about culture and the culture being a problem are usually the lower performing organizations mm. because um when you define the interactions that you have 
and how like how teams should interact, how teams should interact with each other, how teams can like interact. If if you give people enough guidance about what is how about how they about how you intend for them to perform at your organization, then they don't need to think about it. And then yeah. they don't start blaming this amorphous thing called culture that you never really need to define. Like you know, you never need to scapegoat that. What I'm, but I'm sorry. No, that's a really interesting perspective. That's really interesting because, I guess you're like you said, you're lowering the cognitive load by making sure that the the process to release is as smooth as possible. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that in place, it can be really hard for someone to identify yeah. exactly what it is, and then you end up saying, "Oh, it's the culture. We just do things slowly here, mm-hmm. and it's frustrating me." And you don't have that like. Actually, it's this point specifically in the process that is the problem. But yeah. you're you're calling it culture because you can't figure out what it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is not to say that culture doesn't exist because of course it exists. Yeah. It's just it's it's kind of almost feels akin to that whole. Um, I don't know whether or not you've been in those sort of like biased conversations where people like say things like, I don't know if they just fit in or something. And you're, yeah. you're like, what you're saying is, is you're, you're, you're verbalizing your, your bias. Yeah. 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 We've had loads of conversations about the difference between culture ad and culture fit. Yeah. And how now we're moving more towards a culture ad kind of perspective rather Ooh. than culture fit. So we've been having conversations about culture, the fact that it's ever changing. It's not something that should stay a constant thing. Like this is how we do things here because you're never going to learn to adapt and grow and people can't really feel included in the space that they feel like they need to morph into something that they're not Mm. in order to match this culture Mm. that you're projecting essentially so yeah culture ad definitely I love that because that kind of fits in with the whole sort of um idea that um my colleague said this to me recently that teams are immutable that every yeah. single time you add someone to a team, it's a new team because yeah. like everyone yeah, interacts I like differently. I like that. That's so cool. The culture ad sort of. Yeah. I think the moment that you try to say, this is our culture now and this is how we want to keep it, that's when you've like stagnated and it's yeah, not going to go badly, it's, isn't it? <laughs> literally, yeah. literally. Which is like, isn't to say that like you shouldn't be able to define what's what good is. Like, I feel like we need to be able to like be really specific and intentional about the sort of, the spaces that we want to kind of cultivate like mm. we need to be able to say this is how some things are unacceptable you know yeah mm. yeah 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 for sure so in what conversations do you speak about the Dora metrics like I, I've never been in a conversation where this word has even been mentioned so can you give me an insight into when you have those kind of conversations I've um come across them mainly when people have been talking about how to um build and create really good teams and measure their team's success and measure their team's um happiness um but I think that's kind of a bit of a I I kind of agree with the point that you made about like I don't know whether or not they should be used specifically in that way yeah I think it's 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 different kind of conversations because I think if as soon as you start using it as like a measure of success of how a team's doing Mm -hmm. then you're ignoring loads of other things that could be at play yeah but I do think if you have um problems you're not sure where they lie the Dora metrics can be like look it's taking you yeah it's taking you really long to get this thing into production that's probably really demotivating for your devs because they've spent ages building this thing and now they have to wait so long for it to be in production Mm -hmm. or um you know why is it that when you go down it takes you so long to go back up again that that prolonged period (laughs) of stress that we're all under like something needs to change there but it's not that it's any one particular person's fault it's just like 
now I can see what the, where I need to focus my energy on fixing as a, as a team leader, as an engineering leader, this is the thing we need to focus on improving. Okay. Amazing. It must be so interesting to look at that in context with like alongside like attrition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. That'd be a good study. Yeah. I might look at some research papers on yeah. that because yeah, that's that. Sorry, just carry on, carry on. No, no, I was, oh, yeah, I was gonna go off into. Sorry, I was going full free association. Like, um, uh, there was like a, a conversation that I had with um, uh, like a, a developer. Um, he, he was like a lead on his team, and we were talking about like whether or not like the metrics, like a, like what whether or not they all of them communicate enough value, and we're talking about like whether or not like the quality of a deployment should become a metric. Ooh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then how, how would you measure that? Yeah. And it's just like, who is saying that, oh, this is good. But then but then when they were coming up with the Dora metrics, how did they, how, they must have had to have a, yeah. Oh God, that's so interesting. How would they have figured perspective is a thing, out? right? Yeah. Like you can give it to one person that, like, oh, the quality is top notch. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and someone else will be like, what the, what is this? <laughs> like, this needs to change, that needs to change. Like, yeah, it's yeah. That's really hard to um, qualify. Mm. Yeah, really hard to qualify. Yeah. Do you want to move on to what's the tech to it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite segment. What is the tech tea? So, Jessica Craig, can you tell us your tech tea? So, what had happened was um, I was on Twitter for too long one day and uh, I noticed that um, I saw a lot of people talking about uh, they were at EMF camp this year. And what is that? Uh, EMF camp, um, I believe, and I could be very wrong, is really cool, like volunteer-led uh conference slash camping trip consisting of like talks workshops and I think there's some raves in the evening yeah it looks like a bit of a party as well no way yeah, yeah. I'm trying to go to a rave <laughs> yeah and you have, but you, you have camp. to camp it's a festival camp. I cancelled that yeah <laughs> sorry retract that statement <laughs> but it looks so cool because they have like these hackable hardware badges oh, this is cool. yeah it's really cool it looks I great really but but, but um, well, there was a sign, and I think it was kind of like an act of protest. Someone put up this yeah. sign about like um, the um, how few, well, zero. There was there was zero women of color speakers there, or black female speakers there. Mm-hmm. It was the sign said like white white speakers or white male speakers infinite, like yeah. the infinite sign. And on the other half of the sign, it said black women speakers or black speakers one since twenty yeah, seventeen or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they posted that themselves. They posted that themselves because I think they, they maybe I don't know wanted to like get ahead of I don't know I don't know. But they posted they posted that as their tweet, um, uh, and they were like very like we hear you. Yeah, um, had like an inclusion uh, email address, uh, like tell us how we can improve, and then turned off replies. Um, which I feel like is a bit of, there's a bit of cognitive dissonance there. It's like, okay. talk to us. But we don't want to hear you. <laughs> but no, it is. Okay, so I saw some of the replies yeah. and I don't remember them all exactly, but I remember that the EMF camp, they said that, okay, but we are willing to pay this person. Yeah. Like, um, and this, another reply that they said that they had to turn replies off because they'll still run the conference. Yeah. So... But people are still able to say their opinions in the quote sheets. Yeah. And you said a very helpful 
You had a really helpful yeah, reply. Yeah, because I was trying to be like, because this is a volunteer-led event, right? And yeah. I, I think we've, we all work on volunteer-led events. We yeah. know that it can be hard, it can be really tricky and you can't do everything and you have to make compromises. Um, yeah, and um, and it, the the tweet itself was really well-intentioned. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any like malintent there. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially because they were talking about like paying people for diversity exactly. work because it's work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I quite teach it just being like, there's like, here's an idea. Um, I think this is, I think this is something that a lot of conferences do now is that they um, like partner with different community orgs and give like, like discounted tickets or free tickets or, or work on the, uh, rev- they review the speaker panel or the speaker agenda and they look to, to, to see whether or not it's inclusive enough and then they make some decisions based on yeah. what it looks like. There are so many community organisations based on different identities and even like a, the Diverse Speakers Bureau is like an organisation that specifically have a catalogue of diverse speakers. So it's it's kind of like, it's tricky. I think that, the, the, like you said, it was a very well-intended tweet, but it was very have you done anything yourself yet before this point? Okay. Okay. This is where I'll step in. (laughs) Okay. Try nothing. We're all out of ideas. So (laughs) I think that because we come from like ethnic minority backgrounds, we're in spaces where we're looking to diversify the tech space. We're kind of projecting our own ideas onto other people. So I generally do think they looked at the speakers list and was like, well, this is a bunch of amazing speakers. Like, yeah. and it didn't, and maybe they didn't, maybe didn't have people in the room that said, are there any, you know, is this a diverse speaker list? Mm-hmm. You know, they'll probably just focused on, oh, okay, like we've got some good speakers and just that conversation was never actually had. Yeah. What did you just say that I felt like? They could have done something before sending the tweet. Yeah. So we're assuming. We are assuming. We are assuming. They haven't yeah. done something before because yeah. they could they literally have. be looking into ideas and saying, okay, but we also do need to help have other voices in this too, yeah. okay. you know? Yeah. And so I feel like sometimes we can tend to look at the extremes. Like if they've just tweeted about it, it means they've done nothing themselves, but yeah. we actually don't know the full story. So I think yeah. we need to be really careful when we're saying those kind of things. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. You're right. You're, yeah, you're right. They, Yeah, because they've set up an inclusion address. Yeah, exactly. It suggests that they're doing something. Um, have they done anything since? I haven't been keeping up, have you? No. <laughs> like they could literally have a whole thread yeah. of all the things that they've done before. I, I, I've emailed them to get in touch because I really want to work on the next one and just like, because it looks cool and also... That's awesome. Uh, so that's awesome. Actually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, it's important when people are reaching out yeah. for help to not vilify them. For sure. Because it's just, that's a step in the right direction and that's actually what, like we have to focus on well, what do we want here? For real, we need to encourage like yeah, like, and and if we vilify people if they ask for help, then they're not going to ha- ask for help again, unless yeah. they're going to continue doing the same things that they've always done. Because well, we do want to make it diverse, but we don't want backlash on Twitter for asking for help. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And so we need to focus on okay, but what do we really care about here? Yeah, what we care about is having diverse speakers at tech conferences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and how can I help? Uh, or how? Or can I? Do I know someone that I can connect them with? Because they literally have just said, we have a problem. We're calling ourselves out for it. And we'll pay. We understand that this is actual work and we'll pay the person that helps us out on this. Yeah, there's a lot right with what they did as well, for sure. Yeah, and I feel like we need to recognise that because if we just crucify them, okay, that's an extreme word. (laughs) That's 
sorry, that is an extreme word. I don't want yeah. to use extreme language. Vilify. But like, it's just yeah. like, if we react negatively, yeah. we need to be careful. We, I feel like we just need to approach it from a solutions-focused perspective, but acknowledging the fact that we, it is disappointing. Yeah, yeah, I think I think there's a line to be drawn as well between like I don't I don't want to vilify. I don't think there was much vilification, but I I do think people can be disappointed and yeah, frustrated. Yeah, and, and those are valid feelings, valid feelings because exactly. there are a lot of conferences that I see do this incredibly well. Like yeah. a lot of the the conferences and and festivals that we've been to, they have a quota where a minimum of this percentage have to be diverse backgrounds, mm-hmm. and and that is the standard now. So I think that's where the frustration and disappointment comes from. Is like you I'm just surprised that you got to this point and realized yes. there was an error here yeah like, because like if you because if we're going down that 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 route of thinking like everyone was really well intentioned here you can so easily like as you said like they put together the speaker list maybe oh the the, the session agenda the whole like the, the weekend agenda and it looks amazing yeah mm-hmm. and they wanted to assign everyone based on merit mm-hmm. and and quality because they thought, because because you can think like that's the fairest way of doing things. But if you don't acknowledge that we don't all like the starting line is not in the same place for everyone. Yeah, yeah. That's where those kind of well intentioned things can kind of go awry. Because I, I remember like in the replies, there are loads of people being like, "Oh, so you want to assign like tickets based on someone's?" Yeah, I saw that. that. I was about yeah. to ask your opinion on that. Yeah. Someone replies saying, "Are you saying that we should treat people differently based on their race?" Because <laughs> because someone said. Um, offer one, discounted yeah, tickets. Yeah, offer discounted discount tickets to like people of colour. Yeah. What What do you think about that? Oh, it's like bold of you to assume that doesn't happen anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one, but like you've got to acknowledge that for for systemic oppression, like systemic reasons, the way the way that we function and the, the opportunities that are afforded to get you to the point where you're considered of merit enough to perform at that festival there was already a lot of things at play that selected people based on race. So it's it's not necessarily like making a an exception at that point. Like there's already been bias in selection and opportunity. I think it's just trying to um, mediate for the fact that those things have happened before that was in their control. I'm not saying it's EMS Festival's fault that there are not enough black people in tech. I'm saying that they can do something to help that problem. Mm. And, and what we spoke about even at our lead dev talk was about where are you sourcing your talent from? Yeah. It's like, where are you advertising your CFP? Because, well, loads of tech conferences, like they launch their CFPs. Is it CFPs? Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> thinking, <laughs> That's cool acronym. for proposal. That's when you propose a talk that you'd like to do for a conference. Exactly. Thanks for explaining. And um, it's just, and sometimes we can miss it, right? Yeah. But it's like, there's there's communities that we're part of. And if it was in their newsletters, We'll probably see it. Like if it was in Code Bars newsletter, if it was in Coding Black Females, Code First Girls, like you, yeah, you're probably more likely yeah. to have more diverse people apply because you're spreading the awareness mm-hmm. in these community-based places, you know? Yeah. Before this event, I'd never heard of EMF Festival. I had never heard <laughs> Before this, yeah. Who's incident. that iconic person that I really rate? Kevin... He does the... Youth. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Lewis. Kevin Lewis is amazing, isn't he? He's amazing. <laughs> he put up a video of him speaking and there's this like little... How do you explain it? It's like a... It's a badge, but it was a computer screen that was connected to 
the software that generates, auto-generates captions. Yeah, and he had a mask on and it was like auto-generating the captions of him speaking with a mask on. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. so cool. And I saw he was at EMF and I was like, this is so cool. That is like, that is where... Not only does he do some awesome work with You Got This, yeah, which is a great conference, which just every single time it holds, like there's a session, it's, it's always great. But um, he also does dev advocacy so well. He's mm. such a great speaker. Kevin Lewis is amazing and um, he just is so good at dev advocacy. So good. Yeah. If you're listening to this, Kevin, hi. Hi, you Kevin. Really well. <laughs> <laughs> So what would be your number one tip? Let's turn this into a productive and like beneficial situation. What would be your number one tip to EMF Festival? Um, I think... Are we doing this work for free? No. I think it's a bit... (laughs) I think it's a it's it's both of what you what you said we need to appreciate the the really the like the well-intentioned stuff they didn't have to tweet that out in the first place yeah they didn't they could have just ripped the sign out they, like, yeah exactly. the they could have been like <laughs> kill it like, <laughs> like, they, yeah like so they they addressed the problem they like took accountability um they asked what they could do about it they clearly have been doing something because they've set up an inclusive like thing um like an email address and as soon as i emailed i got a response back being like thanks oh. so much we'll be in touch like i I, th- I genuinely think the the thing is being fixed. I just think it's um, it's uh, exposed a bit of a vulnerability, and it's exposed a bit of like a you know there's there's still there's still work to be done out there. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. and that's why we're doing what we're doing, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a work in progress. Yeah. WIP kind of vibes, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Agile out here. Agile always. Vibes. Ci. 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 Crcd. That's a bit of me. End it there. That's amazing. So Jessica, I think that is a great point to end it. Yeah, I think so too. How can we keep in contact with you and follow what you're doing? Yeah, I'm at Jessica Craig on Twitter and on LinkedIn, but mainly on those places so let's talk yeah. amazing thanks so much for coming on we've loved having you yeah, I've had so, so much great. fun <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so I suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.